Welcome to the MG Kitchen Podcast. This is where you're going to learn all about how to cook very simple food, very easily, very quickly, and with relatively simple ingredients. It's not going to be complicated. It's not going to be a nightmare. It's going to be something you can do for all the family. It's going to be something you're going to really enjoy, particularly in these difficult times when we're all locked down and we're having to find things to do around the house. Today's delight is sausage casserole. Hello. It's time for another exciting episode of MG's Kitchen. We've had some great success with some of the dishes that we've already been teaching you how to do. Today, what we're going to do for the first time is we're going to make something which can be baked in the oven. So what we're going to need is a nice casserole dish, preferably with a top. Quite big because obviously the more you make of stuff, uh, the more you can keep it, the more you can put it in the freezer, uh, the more you can get out of just making one particular dish last for quite a long time. And since we are in this lockdown, um, we are looking like we're going to be in it for a while. So I'm going to make what is basically known as a sausage casserole. Now, I've decided to choose some wild boar sausages because I happen to like them very much. Now, if you can't get your hands on wild boar sausages, that doesn't matter because you can use any sausages. You can use Cumberland sausages. You can use chipolatas if you like. I think the better, the thicker the sausages are for this kind of casserole, the better. And there's going to be some vegetables in there, maybe a little bit of wine, a little bit of vinegar, perhaps. And I'll be talking you through all the ingredients that you need to buy in order to make it. The great thing about cooking in a casserole dish is that effectively, once you've started it off, and I usually fry it up on the top of the uh, the, um, the the cooker first, so make sure your casserole dish is also able to be put on the top of a hob. Once I've done that with the onions and sort of fried the onions up a little bit, then I'm free to just put everything in the casserole dish, put the lid on, put it in the oven, and just leave it for several hours and uh, keep checking on it and enjoy it when you've cooked it. It's going to be fun. So first up, we're going to put the uh, little bit of vegetable oil inside the, uh, the casserole dish, and I'm going to be just chopping up a little onion here. I've selected today for the onion, an actual white onion. Now, I don't know whether you've ever used white onions, but they're a little bit sweeter uh, than a regular onion. And I quite like to use them on certain dishes because they just give a nice little flavour. Sometimes it's nice to use shallots as well, but I haven't got any of those. So I'm going to use the onion today. Um, I'm going to chop that up and basically... Uh, put that in first. I'm going to probably hear the sizzle, hopefully, in a bit uh, of what's going on inside the uh, inside the casserole dish. And I'm going to add a carrot. I'm going to put some um, parsley in. I've got some fresh um, thyme, which is very good. When I when I have fresh thyme, instead of trying to go to all the trouble of taking the leaves off the little twigs, I just put it all in together because once it's cooking, the leaves basically come off the twigs. And you can pick the twigs out at the end when you're serving it all up. So that's actually works quite well because it means you don't really have to, in fact, um, worry about. It's rather tedious trying to get all the time off the uh, off the basic fresh plants, and so you shouldn't bother doing it. So uh, we've cut up the onion, and it will be time in a moment not only to put the onion in, but to have a glass of wine to accompany the dish, because no cooking session is complete. And that's, of course, you're cooking scrambled eggs for breakfast without a glass of wine. So, just waiting for uh, the pan to get hot enough to start sizzling. I've got a lovely bottle of Rosato wine here from Sicily. It's a Vigna Verdi. Uh, it actually doesn't look particularly rosé-like when you pour it out, but it's got a slightest tinge of pink to it, um, and it really is quite delightful. I actually bought it from Borough Wines, which is a place in Borough Market. Um, it's a magnificent place to get wine if you ever happen to be in that neck of the woods. And they're not paying me to say that, by the way. Uh, not yet, they're not, anyway. Um, um, cheers. 
Oh, that is so good. It's really delicate. And it is getting a little bit warmer these days. So it's quite nice to move away from the heavier red wines. Sometimes just try a little bit more rosé-like or maybe something white. Um, or, of course, you can move into the more lighter reds, like a sort of Beaujolais or a Fleury, that kind of thing. We're going to be trying to uh, bring you a little bit of education on the wine front as a, in the same way. Because, as you can imagine, my approach to wine is rather similar to my approach to food. I don't think you should be a snob about it. I think if you want to drink red wine with fish, if you want to drink German wine, Hungarian wine, Venezuelan wine, Argentinian wine, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and you shouldn't have to worry about how much money you pay for it either. A lot of people have the view that the more money you pay for wine, the better it is. And that's true up to a point. But there are several levels and several kind of pitfalls to doing that. But anyway, uh, as you can hear, the, um, the the casserole dish is starting to simmer away. I've just cut up a leek, which I'm also going to put in now. Leeks are very versatile, right? I put them in my soup. I always put them in any kind of stew if I've got them. And actually, I wouldn't necessarily have thought about putting this leek in this particular dish, but one of the reasons that I did it was because basically it was already getting to the point where it was almost going to be uh, too old to use you know it started to go a little bit brown at the end and as I've said before I don't like throwing food out so I'd much rather put it in the casserole and actually make use of it because that's what it's for after all the onion and the uh, leek are going pretty well in there uh, I'm now just peeling a carrot because I like to put a bit of carrot into anything that's going to go like into a stew because it gets nice and soft I'm going to chop it up quite small some people like to put large chunks of carrot into some things that they cook I must admit I'm not a fan of massive chunks of vegetables and I don't say that um, just because it's a, it's a bit kind of schoolboyish not to like to eat vegetables because I quite like to eat vegetables and I will be making some veggie dishes for you to enjoy including coming up soon uh, some kind of macaroni cheese but first of all we're going to finish up this wild boar casserole so what I do is when I peel the carrot you basically cut it then long ways in half okay and then I cut it long ways in threes if it's quite a big carrot and then that's how you chop it and it doesn't take you all day to do it and one of the things you can do with your kids as well if your kids are interested in cooking you can get them to help you and they can chop certain vegetables if they're very small you know don't give them anything that's too hard to chop like an onion but they can probably learn how to chop a carrot without getting too worried or indeed some leek now this is the point at which i'm going to put a little bit of wine in because I've got another bottle of rosé wine which is sitting in the fridge, Levine, which I believe is French. I only got a little bit left in it. For some reason, I left a bit in it the other night when I was drinking it. I went to sleep and didn't finish the bottle. Very unusual for me. But the great thing about that is you always leave wine knocking around. You know, if you, for example, now, this happens to people a lot. If you go to sleep the night before and you've left a, a glass of wine that you couldn't finish, don't throw it away. Just keep it by the cooker. And the next time you need to cook with anything that needs a bit of wine in it, just put it in because it might not be palatable to drink anymore, but you can still use it to cook with. So waste not, want not, is what I would say. So I've now put a little bit of liquid in the bottom of this. And in goes the carrot. Now we're almost very much at the time when I'm going to put the sausages in, put the lid on, switch the oven on, and just leave it to cook. Now I've just uh, cut up with scissors. I've got six wild boar sausages here. I'm only going to use three. I got them from a very nice butcher's, but like I said... If you can't get wild boar sausages, and some people don't like it, they think it's a bit too gaming. I don't find it too gamey, I rather like it. Any sausages can do, like basic pork sausages. Um, the fatter, the better, though. I don't, I mean, chipolatas would be okay, but they're a bit skinny, because when you cut them up, you want them to be chunky. They want to be sort of meatball size. 
in the actual uh, casserole dish. And you can see at the moment um, that the casserole dish is coming along rather nicely. You can see the carrots in there, you can see the leeks, uh, you can see all sorts of um, uh, little bits and pieces. I'm gonna put some pepper in now, because this is a good time. And you can hear me do about 10 or 12 turns of the, um, the pepper mill. A little bit of salt as well, because I like to use this uh, salt flakes. The molden ones, I think those are great. It's such a great invention. I've also selected a couple of tomatoes. Now, you don't have to put tomatoes in, but one of the reasons I'm doing it is I bought some tomatoes the other day, and there's two of them that are starting to get a bit soft. And the one thing I don't like is soft tomatoes if you're using them in a sandwich. So if they're starting to get a bit juicy and a bit soft and a bit kind of ripe, then this is the time when you basically chuck them in. Now, some chefs will tell you in their recipes that, you know, all oh, what you've got to do is boil them first and get the skin off. Well... That's a faff as far as I'm concerned. I mean, who cares, right? If you can't handle a bit of tomato skin in your sausage casserole, then, you know, you maybe need to take a look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world that's ever happened to you, is it? If you want to, if you can be bothered to, by all means, boil your tomatoes in water, let them cool, and then take the skin off by hand. But uh, that ain't for me, I'm afraid, and it's uh, far too labour intensive. I'm just gonna chop them up into kind of quarters and chuck them into the mix. And then pretty soon we'll add some more water, we'll cover it all, uh, we'll put some herbs in, uh, probably an oxo cube as well. I've got beef oxo for this, even though I'm not cooking actually beef, I'm cooking wild boar, but that works just as well. And I'm gonna put a little added attraction, which I'd love, and that is a little bit of sherry vinegar, or vinegar de Jerez. And you literally give a couple of little spots of that, and it just gives it a really nice kind of bitterness, um, but sort of sweet as well, it's really good. Okay, so we're nearly ready to put it in the oven. Now, you could have put the oven on a bit earlier than I'm just about to, because sometimes if you, if you really want to move with efficiency, you put the oven on basically pretty much uh, just as you start cooking on top of the stove. But one of the reasons I don't do that here is because it's quite a small kitchen, and if you put the oven on a bit too early, you start to get a little bit on the hot side, particularly if the weather isn't particularly um, cold in, uh, in, in the flat. So, um, we've got most of the ingredients in. I've just put an oxo cube in there. i put some water in there to cover everything. The tomatoes are in. Uh, I've got um, some paprika as well, just a, te a teaspoon of paprika, which just gives it a little thickness, gives it something for the water to cling onto. And what I'm gonna do now is put the lid on it. I'm gonna cut up some, um, some fresh thyme and parsley and add that to the mix. And then by the time I've done that, the oven should be ready. And normally speaking, I would say you put the oven on about 180 just because you don't want to get it too hot. Because the longer, like with all these things, the longer you cook stuff in the oven, the better it is, the better it tastes. And just as well as uh, all the other caveats that I've given you, just keep checking on it. You know, about every 20 minutes, 25 minutes if you can, with oven gloves uh, or tea towels, make sure you lift it out and don't burn yourself. Um, and just make sure there's enough liquid um, in the actual casserole itself, because you don't want it drying out. And it's really that simple, you just put it in there and let it cook for, I don't know, an hour maybe, sometimes two, see how it goes. Okay, so we're nearly ready to put it all in the oven. The oven is practically ready for me to put the dish in there. I'm just chopping up some parsley here and a little bit of um, thyme. The thyme can be distributed, as I say, whichever way you like, just kind of make sure you stir it through very well, nicely. Same goes for the, the parsley. Don't worry about the little sticks if you've got fresh thyme because in the end, it will just, work its way through and the sticks will just emerge themselves and you can literally pick them out of the dish and it's a brilliant way to do it because it, as I say, saves you a lot of faffing around. So I'm gonna lift the lid and it's looking lovely. 
Mmm, oh, it tastes amazing as well. Absolutely brilliant. This is gonna be delicious. Now, in terms of what you serve it with, I would say something like this, you can just serve it with some really, really nice crusty bread. If you wanted to, you could have, say, some gnocchi with it, uh, or some potatoes. Here's the ingredients you're gonna use. Now, you can choose any particular type of sausage you want. I actually used wild boar sausage here, but you're gonna need three to four of them cut into bite-sized chunks. You can use uh, any number of different types of sausages. Just take your pick. If you want to, uh, just use regular butcher sausages. You can use just pork chipolata sausages if you wish, uh, but they're a bit small. Uh, you're gonna need one onion, a little bit of vegetable oil to kick things off, one carrot, some parsley, some thyme, one leek, one tablespoon of paprika, half a cup of wine, uh, two tomatoes, an oxo cube and some sherry vinegar. And obviously you'll add some water to all of that as it's bubbling away. Um, but you just basically put it in a big casserole dish with a lid, um, put it in the oven, couple of hours and away you go. And I would serve it actually with crusty bread, which is the way to go. Join me again next time for another episode of MG's Kitchen. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. And if you want to show me your creations, tweet me at MG's Kitchen.